if all you did was just work on those two steps, we acquire them and then we get them on a subscribe uh, subscription type program, you would be doing insanely well. And the value of this is similar to the membership programs. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Smart e-commerce operators know that net profit is the lifeblood of a business, but at a small and profitable business than a large one which earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook by Jason Miles gives you 17 specific proven profit-taking actions. For a limited time, we are sharing this valuable resource with our listeners completely free. Download your 60-page workbook and start making your business more profitable today. Just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That's theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Today, I want to talk about something, Jason, that came up in the mastermind recently, which is always good because I know that e-commerce operators are thinking about it because they're telling me in the mastermind, in, in confidence, not in public. And somebody asked, I've got a, an Amazon business. They don't actually ask, should I do this? But that was my question to him. They were going to add a direct-to-consumer website of their own, and then they also wanted to bolt on a business-to-business -business side to wholesale within that website. So I wanted to discuss what came out of that, and I guess it comes down to adding business models to an existing business. Should you do it, what are the benefits? So that's today's topic. I love it, man. I like that a lot. That's an exciting topic. Where do you want to take it? Well, I would just mention... The reason it came up in the mastermind originally is because, you know, the person was talking about how to do things rather than should I do it. And my mm -hmm. question back to him, being typical, awkward me, maybe the lawyer's son, <laughs> before you do stuff, should you do it? Uh, just because you can doesn't mean we should, as Jeff Goldblum said in, in, uh, what's it called? In <laughs> Jurassic Park. That's the one. <laughs> exactly. I love Jeff Goldblum. He's such a good guy. Anyway, but I, I always think it's a good question. I, I said to him, well, I'm, you know, my worry, this is sort of me being prematurely practical is like, go and talk to some business brokers and find out whether the entity you create that way is a sellable mm -hmm. thing. So that was one sort of lens that I'm looking at it through. But oh. then when I brought this to you, you, you're very excited about the idea of adding business models to businesses. So yeah. we're going to mash this up today and see where this takes us. But I know that you've got some business models, six business models that anyone consider adding to their company to expand, increase revenue and ideally profits. Yeah, I'm into profits. So let's get into those because I want to I want to give this a, a good run. This is an ex exciting topic for me. Well, yeah, I mean, I think your question in the beginning was an interesting one, which is, is it make the business more sellable to do those things? The other questions that you could ask would be, does it make it more profitable? You know, so some strategies are to maximize top line revenue. Some strategies are to maximize bottom line profit. The other questions or lenses might be, does it make it more easy to run? You know, is the business model you're considering bolting on making you a slave to your company or is it making it more liberating place for you to be, you know? And, and then I guess the question, the final lens maybe would be, is it, is it fun? Is it make your business more enjoyable? So I think, you know, if you're going to add business models to what you've got, going, you've got to ask yourself sort of holistically, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And there might be two or three things, but what are the things you want to avoid also before you actually 
bolt on new business models. And to your point, yeah, there are lots. I think there, we could talk about six of them today that are great, but I do think this initial question about what, you know, what impact will it have on your business is vital to think about. And that reminds me of the, the approach Tony Robbins, I think, talks about with adding things. I think he calls it an ecology check, right? So does it fit into your life? Will it fit into the other yeah. stuff? And, and I think, yes, the, those lenses that you said, very, very good, sellable, profitable, easy to run and more fun. I, I think you're so right to emphasize that because owner operators often make their lives really miserable in mm-hmm. the pursuit of the raw and almighty dollar or pound or euro. And, and actually, in my experience, people who are miserable in businesses are never doing well anyway. I, whether it's chicken or egg, I don't know, but it doesn't correlate well. So you're right. Easier to fun. Fun is important. That said, let's get into these six business models because I think this is a strategic level change for business that I see underutilized by people selling on Amazon. I'm like the clues in the name, just selling on Amazon, right? So let's get into this. What's the first one? I think this is probably one of your favorites, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, any business e-commerce operator that's not doing some version of digital products should absolutely look into it. This is one of the things we recommend to all of our coaching clients and talk to them about. It could be as simple as things like a companion ebook to your product or a how-to guide for whatever your customers are trying to accomplish. It could be things that would be, you know, not nice supplemental content pieces to add. It could certainly be beyond eBooks or PDFs. It could be video as well or anything else digital these days. You could build your own AI app or whatever tool if you wanted to, I guess, make a robot for your customers, but something digital that you can sell to them. And the use case there for digital goods is super powerful. You know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, digital goods, low overhead cost, great profit margins. They're flexible to use. Digital delivered items is a growing thing. It's a growing market and they're scalable. And, you know, all of those benefits stack together to make a digital item added to your business super powerful. And so that's one of the first things I think about bolting on. And, you know, that, that to me is an absolute, not a no brainer, but it's something that you would say you certainly should consider. And I always do the little bit math project with this one with clients. When I say, you know, let's say you're selling a million dollars worth of whatever widget you sell or your item. And let's say you've just got it, you know, like a 10% net profit, you know? So you've got hundred grand, right? But what if I told you, you could sell, you know, $50,000 worth of digital goods and grow your net profit radically, like dramatically, you know, so you're only selling a million and $50,000 worth of goods, but your net profit goes, you know, crazy high, goes through, through the roof as a percentage. That, that's the th- thing you want to think through as, or as the digital goods is how much they can add to the bottom line, even if the top line sales isn't that dramatic. So all that to say, I do think that's the first one that people should consider. So a couple of responses. I mean, the first one is, this is an unscratched itch for me. And I think with my new sort of acquisition hat on that, I'm, I'm trying to scale myself up and, and get out there and acquire businesses. I'm probably going to be looking at acquiring a digital business now, rather than just trying to develop one like just <laughs> to go through the pain of trying to credit, develop my own products. Although I'd probably end up doing both, I suspect. But having said that, it, it's something I've been aiming at doing, but not done. And I look at my clients and I see the same pattern that people get interested by this and then they don't tend to do it if they tend to be physical product focused people. 
So why do you think that is? And, and how do we get over that hump? Yeah. Well, I think there is a different discipline and core skill set required to do digital goods than there is physical goods. I also think there's different sort of psychological or emotional reward mechanisms of feedback loops in digital goods than there is in physical goods. And so it, it satisfies entrepreneurs differently, I guess you could say. And if you're really hardcore addicted to moving units, you know, how many boxes, how many containers, how, you know, how big a deal am I because of all of the stuff I'm sending into Amazon or whatever, an ebook can seem very, very almost hypothetical, you know, that's like, doesn't seem tangible, doesn't seem practical or real. So, I mean, I think that there's some of that. There's also just the execution challenges, you know, digital goods are di a different animal to build, put together and market. And that can take some learning and some, some, you know, effort. So I think, I think those are things that slow people down. I also think there's an interesting qu question with digital goods about match to market. You know, you have to find something that your current customers actually want. That's a digital item. You can fail at that pretty quickly and then conclude that digital items don't work for your customers. Now it'd be a completely wrong thesis. And what the correct thesis would be the digital product we tried to launch didn't work. And so, you know, the question is what, what didn't work? Was it a bad match to market? No, no appeal. Was it badly marketed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there are reasons why a lot of physical e-commerce sellers don't get into this, but all that does is make more opportunity for the ones that do. Yeah. And I think there are two characteristics about physical products that you've touched on that I want to emphasize. One is revenue versus profits and, and everyone, everyone, not everyone, but pretty much everyone <laughs> that I know in the <laughs> product space <laughs> measures their value as a human being and their latest sales revenue. It, it reminds me of Reginald Perry back in the seventies. It's an English sitcom and situation comedy. And and there was this guy, CJ, who was a very old school business owner. And when, when times were good, he had a really fat cigar. And when times were bad, he had a thin cigar. And like <laughs> people's egos inflate and deflate uh -huh. month by month. Uh -huh. I can almost tell he's had a good month of sales. But yeah, did, yeah the, the profit is what matters. And the profit margin on physical goods, once you've got some extra costs built in there, like a third party mm -hmm. logistics warehouse, 3PL, it can be frighteningly low. And I, I think that's the first thing is that people measure their net worth by, by their not their net worth, their worth by the revenue and they should be measuring yeah. it if they're going to attach their net worth to, to something, their mental worth, sorry, to the, the net worth of the business <laughs> or the value of yeah. something. I'm trying to avoid the word net worth. Like guys, it's what it's yes. worth to the market. It's not about the revenue. Wait, That's the first thing. A, let me take a whack at this. Yeah, people, please. People attach their self-worth to their revenue when they Got should it. attach their self-worth to their net worth. Or you rescued me from my garbled <laughs> rant here, but yes, absolutely. But that actually, they shouldn't attach their self worth. No, they shouldn't do that either. either. That, that would be like step number two. Like, like you are not your business. Just like yeah. a, a performer is not the latest performance. And you know, yeah. I, I, but I'm to busy. your point, yeah. most business operators that have been around for a while don't care about the top line revenue number in such a sens sensorial way or flashy way as they're yeah. turning around on. The shiny objects of the internet marketing tools. They yeah, people care about the net profit, and you you know most people should. are sophisticated enough to know now. It yeah. doesn't matter what your top line revenue is. Really, yeah. it matters what your net profit is. 
you know, well, that would be the case. I, I I would have thought, but I know some people who've been in business, they're like fourth generation or something of a family business yeah. and they still care about sales. So it's yeah. interesting. It would be nice to think they cared about net profit. Anyways, yeah. the second point is doing a lot of stuff that's really expensive and difficult feels like a great achievement. And it is, it is. I, I salute anyone who moves whole containers of stuff around the world. But the thing is, Who's it an achievement for? It's an achievement for the consumers because they get great mm. goods from other, other places that are beautifully produced at a very low cost per unit. It's an achievement for Amazon because they're taking maybe 30, 40% of that revenue. But is it an achievement for you as a business owner? And this is the thing we can get addicted to activity. So anyway, all yeah. of which is to say the psychological rewards that you mentioned, I, I think are actually really big barrier. I think it's not so much a, a how it's a sort of mental shift thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's, that's the digital goods. So what's the next business model that we could add on to our operations? Yeah, I think most e-commerce operators could add on a membership program or what you might call a VIP club, something along those lines. And this is differentiated from subscription products, which we'll talk about in a moment. But a membership program, think of like the Costco model or Amazon Prime. You know, it's like, you, you sign up for, uh, you know, for some kind of status level upgrade, VIP, whatever your, your version of prime, and you get a list of goodies and benefits. And that type of program can be created in, I would think any niche or, you know, type of industry, uh, the, the ones that I'm associated with for our consulting and our personal work, there's clearly opportunities in all of them for that type of uh, program. And there's a simple execution available on Shopify with specific apps, a bold membership app or the A trillion apps, really good too, of clients who have used that to set it up. And the thing that's really powerful about membership, just to sort of make the use case for it, is people pay you money for benefits in the future that you may or may not have a lot of cost of goods associated with. And you have, you have that pile of money sitting there that you can use for any reason you want to create the benefits that you're promising them. Or, you know, I mean, a simple execution is create a membership program and then give all of the people who join that group a 20% discount or 30% discount. Now, a lot of loyalty programs give that away for free. You know, just join our loyalty program and you'll get some kind of rewards, but you could set it up like Costco does or Amazon does, where you pay for that privilege as a customer. And for on the business side, that's free cash flow. And that, that is completely untethered cash. And so there's just incredible value there when you think about it. And we've helped set this type of program up for our clients. We run this type of program for our own businesses. And it's really, really powerful to bolt onto any business and any niche. Yeah, my experience of it is, is limited only to, say, the 10K Collective and and the mentoring programs I do, which is not really a clean e-commerce example. But even so, when you look at the lifetime customer value, even if it's really very low charge per month, it so adds up. Like somebody left a mastermind the other week after being a member for several years. And I looked at the lifetime customer value and you know, they were paying terrible money, but it was thousands over the course of five years. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's been useful. And so this is one of the, the terrible characteristics of Amazon is it's kind of spearfishing using great skill and, and fighting really hard with a bunch of other people over the watering hole to get a fish. And then you've got to start again <laughs> every every single time. Now there's a lot of fish in the Amazon River to push my metaphor to breaking point here. But 
nevertheless, there's a lot of people fighting for them and everyone is like a hunter gatherer. And the wonderful thing about mm -hmm. a recurring revenue of any description is a, you fight and hunt once to get the customer and then they keep paying. And I think that's, it's so powerful. It, it adds to the values of businesses. As we know the MRR led yeah. businesses have such high valuations relative to the profit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It's, it's so. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Powerful man. I, I really yeah, that, this is one that really, if you, this is one that if you construct it right, adds tremendous value to your business and doesn't add tremendous work to your business. And to your point, adds, you know, the cash flow that just comes in. The, the thing about it, I like the thing that you just said about people competing on Amazon for a one-time initial purchase. If you think about it, like the first purchase that anyone makes from you is in that moment, you're interacting with the least valuable customer you have, you know, but if they come back and make a second purchase, they've just gone up the food chain a little bit. They've, they've escalated up the ladder a little bit. Now they're not a one-time transactor. Now they're a returning second purchaser and then, and they're more valuable to you. And then if they come back a third time, they're even more valuable to you. So having a VIP program where you're building something that really serves and bene you know, benefits the people who are most loyal to you and most, most valuable to you makes a ton of sense. And a lot of us as e-commerce operators spend tons and tons and tons of time and energy trying to find that first purchaser. And we spend no time and no energy trying to get them to come back a second, third, fourth, fifth time and building systems that ensure that that happens. And so the wise marketer is the one who spends time building that membership type program or model to reward, you know, faithful repurchasing. You know. The question for you then, I, I know you, obviously you guys have got a membership program yourself and you and Kyle have worked with quite a few Amazon focused e-commerce operators to start with. Is it possible for somebody who's just focused on Amazon, just physical products to create a membership program in one leap? Or do you think that there's interim steps or is it even possible at all? Oh, I mean, I think it's highly possible. You have to sell it to them. So, hmm. you know, the question is, how do you get it sold? You absolutely could have an insert though in your products that says, Hey, join our VIP gold program or our platinum plus program or our, our you know, our prime program. And uh, sign up here at this website and you'll get whatever it is, some kind of benefit. Now you have to think through the benefits and what that, you know, how, how it's delivered and all of the details associated. But the, uh, but the, the logic of that is pretty straightforward. Can you convert someone from Amazon sales to a, a membership program that was elegantly designed? I don't know. I mean, I, I've never tried it just with that pure, you know, starting point. 
We've always started with people who are already mixed into Shopify, but it, it would be a noble venture. And what would happen if you did? What if after every 1,000 people, you got one person to join your you know, VIP program or whatever and give you $97 a year? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... It just—it's interesting math questions, isn't it? It is, isn't what, it? I mean, I was just calculating in my head how many transactions a month that that one of my typical clients in the mastermind would have. Say, typical, not mean mean average, but say they're doing four million dollars a year. So, what is that per quarter? It's a million dollars. So, per month, they're doing. Yeah, I don't know how many transactions that probably turns down to several tens of thousands. So, yeah, even yeah. if you get one in a thousand, you end up with every month accumulating a thousand in the monthly recurring revenue. And if you start running the mass of monthly recurring revenue with a spreadsheet, it adds up to a big number, depending on how quickly people mm -hmm. stick around. I mean, and if all, you did, if all you did was use that money they gave you yeah. to, for acquiring new customers, just pour it yeah. right back into marketing. Yeah. You've now got a flywheel that's been in a new level of velocity. I like it, man. This is great thinking. This is the sort of thinking that needs to be brought to bear in the Amazon sort of universe, really. I mean, the, the one caveat I'd flag up, I suppose, is that terms of service might make it unwise to go directly from here's our product on Amazon to come and buy off Amazon because Amazon hates no, it. Right. But you can, always, you can always do something like get them to sign up. I mean, everyone in the world is trying to get them to sign up for a list well, where they can ask them for reviews. So you could do something better like this. So that's what's interesting is the yeah. delivery of the, v, the benefits for being in the membership program don't have to be the product. It doesn't even mm -hmm. have to be a discount on the product. It could be something completely different associated with, you know, who you know they are, what you know they do. Digital kids. <laughs> something. Yeah, sure. So yeah. that's the creative brainstorming part of it. Yeah. But I love the, I love the idea. Like even if you said a thousand dollars for in a th one in a thousand people and they give you a thousand dollars a year or something, or I don't know, 97, I don't know, any small number, it adds up. Uh, I really like that idea. And if you get like a, a handful of people every month, wow, this is great. So I guess it's kind of. This brings us to the next one that, that you had on, on the list as well. So it's yeah. a recurring idea. Yeah. And that subscription model. So, you know, Amazon has the subscribe and save functionality already baked into their site. You too can create a subscribe and save model where you have people on recurring subscriptions. The logic and the interest in doing this is tied to what we said a few moments ago about the whole idea of first purchase value versus second purchase and third purchase, having you know, your, your company built on the acquisition of initial customer and then the integration of them into a subscribe and save program. If all you did was just work on those two steps, we acquire them and then we get them on a subscribe, uh, subscription type program, you would be doing insanely well. And the value of this is similar to the membership programs in that you know, you've got a, you know, incoming revenue. This is obviously in fulfillment of delivering a product though. So that's where, in my mind, this is sort of, I guess, a little, little, not as good, a little bit, not as good as a VIP membership type program, because because this is basically fulfilling your, you know, your second purchase, third purchase, fourth purchase, you know, promise and, and having them basically, you know, sign up for that so that you at least have predictability in your sales, you know, and the greater to the extent you have people subscribing to your product on a monthly basis, you know, that at least, that, at least if nothing else, you can start to plan and be more strategic in terms of how you're preparing your number of units and that kind of thing. 
for customers. There are apps like Bold Subscription App is great and Shopify. And it it's set up for this kind of thing. There are other apps that are great as well that really allow you to program your site so that you can have people converted into subscribers. It's fun for us to look at our clients by analytics with them. And we do this when we meet with clients regularly. And we'll, one of the things we look at is how many subscription dollars came through. You know, what do your subscriber counts look like? Is it growing? Is it declining? What's the churn rate? All of those details, sophisticated Shopify operators use this, this tool and they use that math and that logic to build their value in their business. That's brilliant. I, I just want to say, I kind of want to go backwards in a sense for one second, because I know that the Amazon sellers, I know that the physical product, Amazon sellers, they kind of, as you said, died in the wool. It's become a mental habit. And, and I think you said years ago, you know, be careful what you choose because you're going to be stuck in it. I think you have to break out of that sometimes. Yes, you could sell physical products on a subscription. As you said, at least it gives you predictability of revenue, but you've got all the, the costs of physical goods and you've got all the hassle of getting them and the, the, the supply of, you know, moving atoms is harder than moving electrons, as they say. So mm-hmm. I would say going back to the membership idea or digital goods, if you think that your products, I would say two barriers that I can think of that I would want to try and remove from physical product focus sellers and Amazon focus sellers. Number one, if you think your product category doesn't lend itself to that, I, not only would I question that, but look at the Amazon results. So some products categories like, you know, pets, you're going to have pet training, some things you mm-hmm. can hardly move for books mm-hmm. <laughs> on some, you know, search results pages around certain categories. And that, that's a bit of a massive hint that somebody's making money out of the digital product mm-hmm. thing. And the other thing I would say is this, you don't have to make it yourself. I know the odd person who's made their own face cream at their kitchen table, the obsessive types. It's very rare. Most of us outsource it to somebody who's an expert in making plastic widgets off on the other side of the world. So I don't see any reason why you wouldn't outsource making books as well. So just was sort of working backwards because I know people will latch onto the subscription thing because that's comfort zone. So I'm just kind of challenging that. Mm-hmm. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show.